Welcome to the Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. Today's guest is Francesca Gaines. She's the founder of the Happy Self Journal and joins us today as part of our Child Mental Health Week programme to talk about the benefits of journaling. This was originally broadcast as a live Facebook event. Welcome to the second in our series of uh, podcasts for Children's Mental Health Week. And today we are talking about journaling. So, um, Francesca, would you just like to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how you came to be doing it, please? Sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on today. So my name is Francesca Gaines and I created the Happy Self Journal um, back in 2018 now, uh, which seems like a long time ago. But basically, as a mother, I kind of approached um, the mental health of my children and, and trying to think about their future um, happiness and well-being. Kind of, I, I wanted to do it before they hit their teen years, um, and I became very interested in the science of happiness. Um, and I kind of did a real deep dive into this fascinating area of research, which has been looking at kind of scientifically trying to understand what makes us happy and why is this important. Um, And I just became fascinated by not just like, obviously it's important to be happy, but actually there's like health um, and well-being benefits to our happiness, to our personal happiness, but as a society um, more widely as well. Um, And I became interested in these simple practices that the research was showing we could all do which would impact our happiness and the, the scientists kind of showed that there's you know a certain percentage some say up to 40 percent that is within our remit to take up these habits and make an impact on our well-being and so I kind of ended up looking at that and deciding I wanted to take these simple practices and put them into a simple journaling format that was easily accessible to my children so at the time they were I don't know like nine and you know kind of like quite young by the time we launched my daughter was kind of um probably about 12 or so so you know we, we soon after launched a teen edition but that's that's really where it started kind of trying to create something that my own children could use so so with this deep dive i mean you had a what i'm going to call a proper job at the time um so you combine it was was the science of happiness happiness anything to do with what you were doing in a previous no. No, not at all. No. So at the time I was running a technology and productivity consultancy. So I was running that as a business. Uh, My own background before then was kind of an art history. I worked in the art world for a long time. Um, And the science of happiness was just uh, a side project, a kind of real interest. It it was kind of little snippet articles in the papers would say things like scientists have shown that being out in nature impacts our well-being. And I was like, but that's so interesting. Like we know that, but why is that? Or like, you know, research has shown that practicing gratitude has like this amazing long-term impact on our happiness or kindness that's good and I was like this is so interesting and that's how I ended up going into it and I juggled running the business with family life and then carving out little bits of time to do a course on it do the reading and then decide that I wanted to like start putting it into a kind of physical um, book format and then committing to taking it to print and seeing what would happen. Awesome. Oh, I love the story. It's you know, a very, very brave move, but um, clearly absolutely flying now. So what's yeah. um, you know, what's your favourite part of, you know, of, of the journey so far? Oh, gosh, um, I think it would have to be the um, the connection and the community with the parents that 
buyer product um, who then writes her email in or D, you know, kind of DM on Instagram or Facebook and send me little messages and photos of kids using the journal or the stories of the impact that it's had on their children and on the wider family. And I don't think I was prepared for that. I, I, it didn't occur to me. I was kind of you work on this product and you put it out in the world and you literally don't know if you're going to sell any copies. Um, but I hadn't thought that far ahead that like people were going to get in touch and share the benefits. And that's just been amazing. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, I never tire of getting those emails in and the feedback. It's so lovely. Yeah, it's my favorite bit too. I think when we get the messages from parents and and we get to hear the stories behind mm. things and, and you get to kind of put the the human aspect to it. It's, uh, yeah, I will never get tired of that, mm. definitely. Can, can I be nosy? What, what, what was your first print run, just out of interest? We printed a thousand journals. Um, that was the minimum the printer would do and um, or that was in any way viable. Um, and I literally said to my husband, I have no idea. Like it literally, if it takes me a year to sell these, like we're happy to commit the time and money we put into this and the rest will be what it is. And we launched in August and by December, we had already had more than three print runs, like because we sold out so quickly. I literally didn't know what hit me. It was crazy. Amazing. It's, um, it's clearly so very needed at the moment. So that's part of what we're talking about this week with the Children's Mental Health Week. There's so much going on. So anything that can help positively impact on their happiness sounds amazing. Now, you used the phrase earlier, the science of happiness. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. Yeah, it's not something I was familiar with either. And in a way, I wish they would teach this in schools and kind of bring it more into the day to day curriculum. And I'm really pleased that we have things like Children's Mental Health Week. And even in the years since I launched a journal, I've seen a lot more going on within schools and within kind of wider, you know, kind of society about mental health awareness, which is clearly much needed. But I think it goes further back than that like it's more basic it's you know we all have mental health but equally we all are um, are striving to live happy um, balanced lives and so understanding which habits support that is really important and we, we've grown up being taught about the food groups and doing exercise but actually I think the narrative is shifting now um, to be this more holistic approach and it's not that mindfulness is woo-woo, but it's actually, no, the science has now proven why mindfulness is good for us and how it can impact our nervous system and how it can help us um, feel less anxious. And I think the more we can educate ourselves and our children to bring these habits into daily life, the better for everyone. And so what the science of happiness is doing is actually understanding like breaking it down so you're doing really interesting studies like if we give people a gratitude journal and they do it for seven days can we measure the impact it has on their happiness and not only have they done that but they were able to figure out that they did it for seven days and they revisited the group a week and six months later but the impact of it was still there um so they've managed to identify, and this is very new and ongoing research, I should say. So it's constantly evolving, which I find equally fascinating. So, you know, right now, the kind of habits that um, they've identified and which I've tried to bring into the journals are obviously gratitude practice, um, kindness, 
kindness is a fascinating area of research. Um, obviously, mindfulness, um, but also things like self-compassion, forgiveness, like active listening, connection, um, all of those things which are can be quite hard to define or maybe to practice. Um, I try to find kind of subtle ways to bring them into the journaling prompts just to get get not to get the kids thinking necessarily about it, but just to bring it into the day so that it becomes a normal thing to do or to consider. Um, can I ask, because um, with the gratitude, I mean, we do a thing called, or we used to, when we had a house, it's a long story. Um, we used to do a thing called pos Positives of the Day. We do it at dinner time. Now, um, you know, having listened to one of your previous podcasts, uh, I think you do a gratitude of the day or three things to be um, great. We call it top three things. Yeah. It's the same um, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you do that? Uh, or why, why do kids need that? I suppose is the mm. question. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, when you call it, we ended up calling it top three things. I think the alliteration just sounded nice, but in the research papers, they talk about three good things. Um, and that's kind of, um, where, where they're coming from but yeah we also um originally we'd been doing it around the table as dinner as a family and i think this is a really lovely way into bringing a gratitude practice into kind of family life um and out of say the journal which is maybe a more private thing um you can also put your little gratitudes into onto notes and into a gratitude jar which sits on our kitchen table um, but the whole idea of gratitude practice is uh, basically the science shows is that it, you are strengthening the positive neural pathways so the more we practice looking for the positives in our day the stronger those pathways um, and the less we are I mean, our brain is naturally very good at ruminating and focusing on the negative so we're trying to make it look for the positives. And that's why doing the regular gratitude practice helps. Um, and the science also shows that it's important to kind of um, be quite be quite authentic and conscious of doing it, which is why doing it as a practice, writing it down or putting the notes in the jar or sharing it in the family helps. You're not just kind of like going, oh yeah, I've had a good day. You know, you're like, okay, what was it about today? You're thinking through things. You're focusing on like, how did somebody help me? Which is really important. That's where the kindness comes in. How did I help someone? Like, did I notice a little thing today? Um, and so you're just basically helping wire these pathways and so over time and it is a practice so like any sporting activity if you want to get better at a particular sport or a musical instrument you do need to practice it's the same processes going on um that shift starts to happen um and you know you see it happening i i will never forget i just have it with my own children when we first started doing this is really hard at first you'll sit down and they're like Oh, school lunch was nice and then they'd want to repeat that every day you know like they need help you, you do need to kind of help prompt them which is again why doing it at dinner is good because the parents can take the lead give your own examples and like maybe prompt the kids or like you know suggest things and they get the hang of it but my own son you know once he got the hang of it you'd be out and about with him and um, he would see something or something would happen and he would tell you live that this was going to be in his top three things so his brain was he was looking out for them that's like for me that was the evidence that that was happening his brain was starting to identify the positives and note them and want to share them and i think that's what's really important we we're all too good at getting stressed out and dwelling on things going wrong and 
I think what's important to say is the science of happiness or working on your happiness is not about getting to a state where everything's perfect and you're always happy, but it's about um, being able to, you know, accept that, you know, life has ups and downs. Um, but by focusing on the positives, it allows us to put everything into perspective and we can build resilience to deal with the problems, the challenges, the stresses uh, that we all have in day-to-day -day life. And so it's about finding that balance. Um, and yeah, the gratitude practice is really just the simplest, um, most powerful way into that. I mean, Emily knows exactly why I've asked that question. Um, it, there's a possibility that our twins who are 19, one of them, no names, um, is occasionally Captain Negative. And um, yeah, I don't know where we read about this you know, positive of the day, but it was just single, singular positive. But it, I mean, what you said is absolutely true. It, it has made a yeah. huge difference. And he has started to look you know, uh, far more positively at things rather than coming mm. to the table and moaning about something. There's always a, yeah. I know I've got to come out with a positive to actually looking at the positives live as you go through the day thinking, yeah, that, that, yeah. that's going to be work for me for later. Yeah, it's the something effect and I can't remember the name but it's the the thing when you decide you it's kicking things when you decide you particularly want to buy yourself a new I don't know a mini you suddenly see because you're telling your brain what's important and that's what it then looks out for because it acts as that filter doesn't it all the things that you see all of the time all of the day it filters out the things it thinks you don't care about that aren't important so I think it's been retraining our brains to to know that the positives are the important things which just makes you more likely to notice them because your brain just goes oh yeah another one yeah. yeah and the research shows that doing that allows us to be better at coping with stress it will help us deal with the anxiety levels it will just um and even on a kind of physiological level there are amazing things happening i mean i'm not the you know kind of scientist expert here but when you read the research it's fascinating how they can bring it back to cellular level changes and the impact that it has um kind of on, on our health as well it's just so interesting hmm. yeah so why why journaling specifically then well, I think it's a nice way to, um, you know, capture the gratitude and the other things that I wanted to bring in from the science of happiness. But like journaling as a concept is centuries, ages old um, and, you know, has a, a long and beautiful track record of helping people reflect um, and kind of process their thoughts and their days. Um, and, you know, there's there's lots of research kind of um, backing all different types of journaling, not just gratitude journaling as being a good practice. But I think if we take it into kind of the today and if we think about our children and especially our teens, um, I think the what I really wanted to do with ours, so it being a physical product, was creating this kind of sense of calm, screen-free, safe, quiet place, a, a beautiful place, beautiful pages, a nice kind of tactile experience where pen, there's nothing like pen and paper. And just having that space and having a page which isn't a blank page, because you know, you can journal with blank pages. I personally have never managed it. Um, it's great, you know, if if that's something that you you enjoy doing. Um, but I personally prefer a slightly more structured page where there are just a, a few prompts to get you going. It doesn't feel too overwhelming. There isn't a ton of white. You don't need to write paragraphs. You don't even need to write full sentences. You know, you can doodle, do words, checklists. Like, so I wanted to create a space that, 
you know, our kids could go to to just reflect, um, process the emotions of the day, the good, the bad, the difficult. Um, but despite all that, you know, have the gratitude in there. That's on every page. Um, and then to bring in kind of prompts relating to those other, you know, signs of happiness kind of pillars that I mentioned. Um, I just think it's really important. Our kids, I mean, we all are, like we all are really switched on. We're on calls, we're on our phones and the pandemic, we've all been on Zoom way too much. And technology has been amazing at supporting us and is an important part of our kind of happiness, connection, work and everything. But I do think equally it's important to have positive offline experiences. Um, and for me, journaling is, is one of those, just a few quiet minutes just switched off kind of with your own thoughts, um, I think is really powerful. Amazing. And so if you've got, let's say you, you want to suggest this to your teenager, because I, I, can, I can hear all the parents listening, thinking this, you want to suggest this to your teenager and you know that what's going to happen is you're going to get the eye roll and, <laughs> and that's about it tips for kind of I don't know selling it selling the benefits <laughs> to your teenager because I, I can imagine I would have been a bit like yeah but what if what if my brother or my sister finds my journal and yeah reading it? and so how do you how do you kind of sell it yeah I, I think those are all um fair enough and I think as with anything like it's absolutely important to agree on these kind of guidelines and rules around privacy so you know slightly to answer your question the long way like for example obviously I started it with my kids before they were teens and when they're younger um, we would do it together because that was appropriate at the time and then my daughter's older so she at a younger age started doing it on her own and I kept doing it with my son so obviously she's 16 now and so she was my guinea pig for designing and creating our teen edition um and so yeah she has it in her room and she gets on with it and obviously it's completely private I, nobody asks to see it nobody kind of um she only shares what what she wants um I think with 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 eye rolling teens um I mean I think just be honest and, and um, suggest it as something that's their time for them to find a way to fill out in a way that suits them. I've structured it that it's suggested you go daily, but they can figure out what, what suits them and um, offer it to them as, you know, just a, a private space for them to like process and doodle and be creative. I mean, I've had lovely photos sent to me of people being super creative on their pages like if you have a teen who's particularly arty you could do a collage you could you know like draw on the page um I mean yeah you don't necessarily need to do a lot of writing you can make it more kind of arty experiences if you wanted to and for some teens it may be that they want to move on to do much more free journaling so I know some kids they really do like to write and process more. And then, you know, maybe they just want um, a lovely blank notebook um, or more of a kind of scrapbook type space where they can be creative and bring all of that into it. So I think there's a lot of ways to approach it. I think absolutely kind of letting them get on with it. The book is self-explanatory um, and kind of, I think, you know, I think modeling it as well will help. So for example, if you're doing the top three things at dinner, you're bringing some of the practices into family life. 
Um, and again, I know what teens are like, so <laughs> probably easier to introduce it a bit earlier, but like we've definitely as a family made a lot of these practices just part of life. So um, I'll keep my journal, um, my kids will see me do that. They'll see me do kind of headspace practice. We'll do the top three things. We have the gratitude journal. We talk about acts of kindness. So we're kind of bringing all of that into the, like the day-to-day -day, uh, family life. So there's nothing weird about you having a journal on your bedside table in our house. Um, and so I think, you know, modeling the behavior and doing some of it yourself will just help normalize it um, in the home. Is there a kind of how long should they do it for? Is Should it be an everyday? Should it be an ad hoc just when they want to put stuff down? Or how does it work? What's the, what's the recommendation? Well, I think <laughs> I think the nice thing is, is that it's it's there's no there's no rules um so for example like i personally think it's nice to do it every day in in terms of habit formation so you it becomes part of your day you're more likely to do it like how we brush our teeth um you know if you're gonna do it ad hoc you might forget or there's you know what i mean like it becomes harder so maybe like start it daily and then use it as you need but i think daily is nice and literally it can be like three minutes like literally it's not you don't need to carve out a whole half hour i think bedtime is good because you already tend to have a bedtime routine we brush our teeth we might you know, read a book, you know, we kind of people have their little rituals in the evenings to help wind down. And I think helping our teens have a good evening routine is important because phones, technology, homework, late notifications. And I think as parents, we need to be on it dealing with that. So if we can kind of have some screen free journaling time as part of maybe reading in bed or if they're listening to music to wind down um, is a really good idea. They can process their thoughts, get any worries, get all the ruminating stuff out, um, do their top three things and actually end the day like having processed anything difficult, um, thought about some good things and kind of like that's a good way to go and like have a good sleep basically. Um, I mean, some people like to do it in the morning, but I think that's harder for kids when you've got school and school run and school routines. Like, I don't know where people find time in the mornings, but I suppose if you're an early bird, then yes, it's you can you can definitely find time in the morning. But I think just a few minutes at bedtime and keep the journal like on your bedside table with the pen ready to go or even on your pillow so that it's like you you see it, you need to touch it in order to get into bed. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna make it easier to do that practice at the end of your day. I can imagine how if you're looking for a pen, there's a good reason to then not do it because it's about procrastination and teenagers apparently quite good at that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, is it more important to write about positives um, so you feel good or negatives so you can um, unpick what the problems are yeah i think it's important to process whatever feelings there are and if there's lots of negatives we need to deal with them um, and acknowledge them um so i think it needs to be a bit of both like on our pages i do have the top three things prompt on every page and we tend to do the kind of negatives through a row of emojis so they can kind of circle the ones that they identify with as a way of um, dealing perhaps with slightly um, more difficult things. Um, 
It's really interesting though, when I designed the pages and tested it on the kids initially, I had more of the like maybe negative prompts, like to help, like you say, kind of flush these things out. And the feedback was that they didn't like ending the day necessarily with it so blatant on the page. So the emoji kind of ended up being the mopping up of the range of emotions you might want to pick a few um and as a way into that the 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 teen journal does have more space for free journaling and so there are some little prompts scattered about encouraging them to deal with and process or ask for help or talk to someone if there are kind of worries or um you know kind of like the the, the more negative um feelings i suppose yeah, yeah sure. definitely everything should be acknowledged and, and dealt with but yeah finding the right balance yeah now, you've talked about you've, you've obviously got the the children's version the teenager version and you've got an adult version as well right a, a pair of yeah so we um during lockdown we were super busy and we launched uh, a teen version and we did a my first version for early years and then most recently we added one in for the grown-ups because um, I had lots of grown-ups using the junior with their kids, which I thought was super cute. Um, and then they were using the teen, which actually I enjoyed using the teen one myself. I used that for ages until we did the grown-ups. So then we just did a grown-up version. So parents who want to join in or like model the behavior can have their own yellow journal um, next to their bedside tables. And what, what sort of, I mean, so between the, the teenage and the parent, what are the differences? So the teen one, um, I put it into um, like the, the design and the layout of the pages is much more kind of geared to teens. It actually feels a little bit more grown up than our grown up one, if you know what I mean. So the grown up one actually ties back more to our junior edition, which has our cute little characters um, and is a little bit kind of cuter in that sense. Um, and the grown up one I've kept quite they're all quite lighthearted, but the grown-up one may be a bit more um, just so that it, it ties in nicely if you're doing it with younger kids. But the teen one really, it kind of, the look and feel sits on its own. Um, and I've, I've made them, given them a bit more kind of space for free journaling. Um, it's a whole different design and color palette. And theirs goes in like a weekly, weekly cadence. Because I think, you know, if you think about the school week, this kind of, one of the things I wanted to help introduce was this idea of like thinking about your week, <laughs> what's coming up, do you know what I mean? Like, do you have projects or a test this week? Kind of, it's a little bit more like getting organized is like I, the mother in me couldn't resist kind of slipping in a few practical things. So at the beginning of the week, they're encouraged to think about the week ahead and to also maybe set some intentions and be like, well, is there a particular positive habit that I'd should try and focus on and what you know do I want to like try and get to bed earlier or am I going to try joining a new club or should I try and you know like I'm going to try mindfulness this week so it's kind of encourage them to taste test these little habits to see if they like them so they have like the week and then they have their daily pages and then at the end of the week there's like a double spread which has a few optional journaling prompts and that's kind of to have that wider reflection of like okay what happened this week is there anything I want to like write or doodle about and so that was more my approach uh, with the teens whereas none of the other journals have that kind of weekly kind of reflection or structure put into them oh, and if parents are listening and thinking this sounds like a good plan because I'm listening and thinking well my child might quite like that where can people get those from 
Um, so you can find us at happyselfjournal.com. So you can order from us direct. Um, though I'm also very excited to say that we're now in Waterstones. Oh, they're not the Ooh. teen one, the junior ones in Waterstones. Um, so I was going to say you can get that at any Waterstones branch now, but um, not yet the teen one. So the teen one, you do need to come to us at happyselfjournal.com. But that's probably a fab place to, to finish. I think so. Thank yeah. you so, so much. I'm really, really in, uh, interested in the whole thing. So I'm going to be reading more about this science of happiness and cool. uh, investing shortly in one for our daughter. So thank you. Enjoy. Oh, it's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you very much. So we've been the Parent Guide to Education. And this week we're talking about Children's Mental Health Week with a variety of topics. So make sure you tune back in tomorrow. If you're listening later on the podcast, then all of these should be available by now. Thank you.